Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast where we've turned up later qualifying but it didn't even matter in the end because the Red Bulls retired so we inherited all their positions anyway. I'm Mohammed and I'm joined by Yusuf and this is episode 18 where we're finally back with what's going to be a new season on here as well as a new season of F1 as we're doing the first race review of the season. Uh, Bahrain, or as like the Sky Sports commentators love to call it, Bahrain. So, we're here. I'm honestly, I can't even explain how much that annoys me, but I'm sure we'll get into that as well as other stuff. How did you find the first race then? Summarize that, just summarize. No, 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 no. you can't summarize it without doing the 60 second summary. No, 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 that would be in the end. We can do it now, we can do it in the end. No, we do it at the I start. Think... Yeah, it's always at the start. Okay. Okay, no, you can get some general thoughts. Give it some general thoughts first. Uh, no, I might as well do it now. You want it? Okay, all right, we'll go straight into it. Go straight Go straight in with the 60-second summary, the first of the season. Wait, wait, you have to give me a second just to kind of calibrate. No, I don't. That's not how this works. All right, three, two, one, go. McLaren was shocking in qualifying. Daniel Ricciardo out in Q1, which, like, seriously, man... Like, everyone hyped him up, ah, and then he's out. Haas actually have, like, very, very good performance. Mercedes are terrible. Uh, Red Bull and Ferrari are up for it at the front. Surprisingly, Alfa Romeo have, like, very, very good pace. This is all based on, like, uh, qualifying. The race, the race was, like, the start was good. Uh, the race was kind of boring. The cars follow a lot better than they used to. Like, we saw the battle with Verstappen and, uh, what's his name? Like, the closest I've seen to that was... Uh, Lewis and Rosberg, and then we've got Bottas in P6, surprising, Magnus in P5, two Red Bull retires, uh, retires at the end, and uh, Lewis got a podium, which is shocking, and George got P4. What's surprising is everyone hyped up George, but then Lewis basically had better pace overall. But interesting is he, uh, George gave Lewis a toe throughout qualifying, so are we done? Oh my... <laughs> 59.86. I think I covered everything. Wow. I'm just impressed how you stopped exactly on time. Because like I can see you going to press the button, that's why. <laughs> it's not magic, you can see it, it and everything. No, it's not forever. magic, is it? Was I actually going to go pause it at 60? Mm. I, thought I, I think, I, think I did well in covering everything. Like, no, yeah, that, big talking about. that was I miss. I, I, did, I didn't talk about McLaren in the race, but... Mm, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah, better to things about. to talk about. <laughs> All right. But well, I think for summarize like a one one or two like maximum three word kind of summary, for what I think kind of encompasses the race. I think that would be kind of a good. I want to say no more domination, partly. Proof I of know. concept. I think that's that what covers. Oh, that I covers okay, yeah, I Proof of concept because yeah, yeah. that was the whole like thing for today is proving that can this new concept of F one using ground effect and stuff work or not. That's, that was the very interesting thing, because all the, all the cars actually suffered from like bouncing and stuff because of the ground effect. Because the more ground effect you apply, the more bouncing you get. The less you apply, the slower you are. So it's kind of yeah. a balancing act of that. But it's interesting. I think the following definitely was a lot better. Like yeah, the closest the was Lewis Rosberg, but that was in the same car. Whereas True. this one is a different car you saw as well, like, very close performance. Midfield was very close as well. Surprisingly, the midfield was very, very close. Like, I'm talking from after Bottas. Yeah. Say from, like, so P7, or no, P8 at the time. 
down to kind of like P15 that was very close. So that, I think that made kind of her interesting race. There was definitely like a, a difference in the order. And I was surprised because part of me has been thinking that like whatever team it is that gets it will run away with it. Obviously mm -hmm. everyone throughout, uh, maybe not 2014 when everyone expected it, but 15 to 21, you'd always say, ah, oh, Red Bull have a chance of winning this championship. It's not just going to be Mercedes. Ferrari also have an opportunity here. And then it never happens. Or if one of them has a chance, it will be Ferrari in 17 and 18. But then otherwise it never happens. Mm. So the battle's always between the Mercedes. And everyone always says like, you know, these other drivers, they'll catch up to Mercedes eventually and they never did. Now, if what I'm hearing about Mercedes is true, and obviously we've seen that Red Bull and Ferrari are quite close on pace, there could actually be the three-way battle. It is interesting because Mercedes were talking about how they have almost three quarters of a second to find in pace. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because they were off by like half a second in qualifying. They were saying half a second a lap in the race as well. Uh, they were losing almost a second at one point in the race before they changed their tyres. But it's interesting. What I found interesting with uh, Mercedes is Lewis got the preferential treatment very obviously, I think, in terms of his pit stops, in terms of George gave him a toe throughout the week. So it'll be interesting to see did Lewis get like the preferential treatment in terms of pit stops uh, and all of that because he was ahead, because he started ahead. Or, uh, oh, right, yeah. In terms of qualifying, is it just uh, one week like Red Bull used to do a week for like race, race essentially? Like, Daniel I think they did that with Bottas as well. Yeah, like yes. one week someone gets a toy and the other week the other one. Yeah. So but in the race, I think what they've done historically is whoever's ahead gets the first stop. Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is Lewis probably got that. and But it's interesting in the sense that in qualifying, is it just George kind of takes a backseat, Lewis is prioritised? Or is it more the case, random kind of, you know, Lewis will go, you go next week essentially. That would yeah. be interesting to see. But what's shocking is Mercedes' space, I think. We have to comment on that. Because we spoke yeah. so much, as soon as I saw it, I was like, we spoke so much about the off-season, about how Mercedes had so much time to develop, how they're going to be so much better, how Red Bull is going to be a midfield yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. And I think that turned out like... Yeah. I don't Mercedes think I've is... ever predicted something so far off. Wow, okay then. Because Red Bull, we said Red Bull's going to be a midfield team. No, I'd say Mercedes right now is where I thought Red Bull would be. Exactly, yeah. So, like, I've actually written down just before uh, qualifying what I thought the order would have been. And I put Ferrari and Mercedes, basically where Ferrari and Red Bull are now. Then Red Bull, like, a little bit behind. I thought Aston Martin would be the best of the rest, which is looking horrific at the moment. Because I thought Aston Martin and Alpine would be, like you know, swapped around. McLaren, I thought, would go a little bit backwards, but not horrifically. I thought AlphaTauri would go a little bit backwards. Williams would go forward. Alpine would drop horrendously. And then Haas and Alfa Romeo would be at the bottom like they normally are. Surprisingly, but Alfa Romeo are quick. Yeah, both of them have recovered incredibly. Like, maybe that's even because of the uh, regulation change now. Like, Haas is, is very interesting. Like, yeah, I was going to comment on that. It was very interesting. I'm very happy for Haas, obviously. Yeah. And definitely. finally, like, Drive to Survive has to put a Gunter Steiner episode at the beginning next next year with <laughs> Haas finishing P5 after, like, yeah. the struggles of fighting. Definitely, definitely. And a comment on Drive to Survive, everyone I've spoken to since our episode came out has said the exact same thing we've said, we've said essentially that Season 1 was good, season 2 is good, season 3 is alright, 
this season was bad. Everyone agrees that now is too much. Is yeah. yeah, but anyways, um, Alfa Romeo and Haas were very surprising. I thought, to be honest, Williams and Alpine would be at the bottom. I was hoping Williams would kind of jump forward a lot. But yeah, surprisingly, they still have the pace to go into Q2 relatively comfortably. Yeah, like Albon yeah. was P13 and it wasn't like a very big deal for them. So it seems the car has a lot of pace. Uh, but we'll see kind of how it goes. Uh, Haas was very surprising. They're like, I'd say Haas is third in the constructors. I know, it's, it's insane. Like Schumacher got exposed slightly. But I mean, to be fair, he got spun around. He didn't even lose that much time getting spun around on the first lap, to be fair. But like Kevin Magnussen's done an incredible job in that car. And that car must be very solid for him to be up there. But it's also, do you think, like, it's interesting, uh, is it more, like, the difference in him and Mick? Mick obviously hasn't raced in kind of the midfield or, let's say, at front, or raced close to anyone for a yeah. long time. So it will take him a bit of time to kind of adjust to that. But it's also the case of experience, of knowing where to kind of position your car, how to react on the first lap. Because Magnussen has been True. in a few kind of scuffles at the... Yeah, First Magnus is as much as he's like a likable guy now and everyone loves him. Pretty much like Hulkenberg. No, I feel like no one used to like him. No one I used to hate him personally as well because the thing is he was very much like a Max Verstappen kind of guy, like move around. Yeah, but he wasn't breaking, even that good. Slightly dangerous. Yeah, he was nowhere near as talented, but like, Verstappen about, they can the accept thing. it because he's good. I wouldn't accept it from Max either to be honest. But I just found both of them slightly dangerous drivers. I just didn't like watching them. Mm. But I feel like now he's he's quite likable. He released a book as well actually. About he has, yeah, a, yeah. he has a baby, you know. Yeah, so his book is about like uh, his career and stuff, and how basically he's just been messed over by like all of the team principles that he's ever worked under. Like weirdly, it's like the the detail he goes into. It's obvious that he was never expecting to be back in Formula One, but some of the stuff he says is <laughs> quite interesting. To be fair, like there's no way you'd be saying that if you were under contract. But he is back, and I'm happy he's back. Same. I'm happy yeah, Nikita Mazepin's gone. Everyone's happy oh, Nikita yeah. Mazepin's yeah, gone. Yeah. And he set up a foundation to talk about how... Uh, <laughs> that's too funny, right? Obviously, like, yeah, you don't want drivers to be... Just because of a certain political situation in someone's country doesn't mean that they should the driver be. of yeah. the country... Like, just because you're born there doesn't mean you agree with what your government's agree, doing. But ever since that video came out of him in the car on Instagram, no I mean, one's liked him, bro. Do you not see that? No. This time last year, just before the start of the season, he was... It was posted on either his own Instagram story or his friend's Instagram story of him, like, groping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go, yeah. I'm not even going to chat too much about that. But, like, ever yeah. since that point, his career was in the bin. Yeah, I think everyone knew at that point. But it is interesting. I don't think everyone hated him as much until it came out that his dad was threatening Gunter Steiner on, on the young yeah. I think that kind of ended anyone, like, like, anyone who liked him. It ended there. And it got from bad to worse. Yeah. I mean, if you still liked him after that video, then there's actually something wrong with you. But we'll move on because we don't want to chat McLaren. too much about Kevin Magnussen. I mean, Kevin Magnussen, I meant Nikita Mazepin. Um, yeah, McLaren. I think we'll go him? from the bottom and go up. And in terms of, like, performance. Okay, uh, yeah, we'll have some general stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. We'll talk about general pace first and then get into, like, I think McLaren happened. was shocking. Like, obviously, I was speaking to my friend and he was like, he was shocked. He was like, what's happening? He's like, Daniel Ricciardo is going to be the third this I was year. enjoying myself so much. You know, I was messaging uh, people in the group chat, like, Lando's last half of you must be crying right now. It was, 
it's very short. Like obviously, I was uh, like I knew about their brake issues and how they couldn't finish a race distance. So obviously, the two cars finishing, that's uh, an achievement in a sense. I guess um, so. But obviously, they haven't had time to work on performance. So it would be interesting to see. The car obviously has the potential. We saw that uh, testing. So now I think once they uh, figure out what the issue is with the brakes, figure that out, solve that, perhaps then they can start to focus on performance and bring in a few upgrades. Yeah. Interestingly um, as well, I feel like a lot of people are noticing that uh, the bottom, it might have been six drivers. The bottom six all had Mercedes engines. Yeah. Whether that's uh, finishing positions, we'll check just now, but during the running, we saw the, the bottom six. I mean, now obviously the bottom six is filled with a couple of retirements, but... We've got here the the bottom six finishers. We've got Mercedes engine, Mercedes engine, Mercedes engine. Mercedes. All of them have Mercedes. All the way up to Haas. So all the way up. Yeah, to but it's interesting. Like all the Red Bull engines, three out of four, all retired. Yeah, I mean there were different issues, but we'll get onto that in a bit once we get nearer the top end. So yeah, M McLaren, awful Shocking. from them. I mean, Shocking. actually, here's an, here's a question for you, right? So if everyone's got all of these philosophies now, and they're like. You know, they've done a bit of testing, but they don't really know these cars too well yet. They don't understand how they'll behave at different tracks and all of this. How much How much will the order change, do you know what I mean, from race to race? I as people, mean, like, uh, unlock the potential in their cars. I think it's interesting, because you can see, in, like, the different sectors of Bahrain, you can see kind of the, the quick parts are, like, m mostly dominated by streets. And then there are, like, I think it's is it sector two, sector three. That has quite a few twisty turns. Yeah, that one, a lot of people were gaining time on that. So that would be an interesting thing to see, like uh, a race like Monaco, for instance, or uh, a race that's dominated by kind of the slow corners rather than like the, the long kind of straights. So think Hungary or something along the lines. Yeah. That would be interesting to see how cars react to that. Uh, I think cars that were traditionally like Red Bull was tradi uh, traditionally better on those types of tracks. Yeah, yeah. Might be a disadvantage from that one. But it's interesting to see because you can start to see like if a track is dominated by that, those cars will obviously have an advantage because of their philosophy. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that kind of track will expose who's better where I but, but realistically speaking those are very few tracks that are majorly dominated by that and you can obviously offset it because it's usually at one sector with two sectors kind of you have the long straights and so on yeah so you can that's the thing you can make up for time in sector one sector three for instance and lose a bit of time in sector two or vice versa whatever. but i'm just thinking if so i uh, you know we'll leave it we'll get on to actually no score we'll do mercedes now basically the talk about Mercedes is they've got high degradation, they're losing like, you know, a second per lap or whatever in the race. But once they get the right upgrade, they need to figure out what the problem is first, obviously. They, they said they figure out the problem. They know okay. what the problem is, yes. Okay, well, what I've heard is even if they figure out the problem now... They can't fix it for a few races because it's going to take They can't fix it until the start of the European it. season, which is like a month away. Yeah, so th that's the thing, like... I think what people don't realize is usually the fixes take like a week to do because they're minor issues. Yeah. So usually the issues you have with the car are very small that you can kind of fix it in one week. Like but, now, yeah. but now the case is, is the case of 
everything's new, all the philosophy is new. So if there is an issue, it's a massive issue. And it's the case where it's going to take a few weeks of research and development to come back with a part that works. And it might not work perfectly first time. There's going to be like a lot of development. It's going to be very rapid development. So I wouldn't be surprised if kind of every few races, every two, three races, you see someone come with it. A significant upgrade. That's what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, I think every race you're going to see someone with an upgrade. It might be a bit small, but every few races you're going to see someone with a very big upgrade trying to kind of fix what the problem is. And I'm very excited for this because by mid-season, you allocated more time for research. Uh, and like oh, wind yeah. tunnel yeah. testing time and stuff. And it's allocated based on where you finished. And this could be interesting because... Haas obviously and Alfa Romeo they were at the end and they had way more time than everyone else and they utilized it very well it's interesting Williams had a lot of time over a lot of other teams but they didn't use it as well uh, Red Bull obviously True, did yeah. not Red Bull and Ferrari did very well in that sense McLaren is just shocking I'm very I'm, like it's I'm so very sad for McLaren like what do you say McLaren finished 15th and 14th and you're like lucky you even finished and you're close to that, to that you know yeah i say in general i think so we've like we've covered most of the main things with the midfield so we can just go straight to we forgot to mention zhou guanyu zhou guanyu yeah zhou guanyu i don't know how you pronounce it but he he likes to be called zhou guanyu not guanyu zhou but anyways he got points on his first race impressive he did yeah he Got a little bit lucky with the retirement, as did everyone. But yeah. it's solid. It's a solid performance because he's not even. Well, I say not even that far off. Okay, I mean the timings will be based on the safety car and stuff, but like he's not horrifically off Bottas. Like if Bottas finished sixth and he finished tenth, it's like, that's solid. So like a first race. Yeah, I think it's all right. Uh, in that sense, I think he was quite off the pace in terms of qualifying. He was a bit off the pace in terms of race, but you see that with Mick Schumacher as well. Like, yeah. uh, I think it's more the case of uh, you're trying to manage the car. The car is a very different car to drive from F2. First time kind of driving an F1, obviously. So it is very intense. It will be interesting to see how he compares to Yuki. Because Yuki did well on his first race, did a few overtakes, oh, and then yeah. disappeared for the rest of the year. So <laughs> Yuki's back in the points, which is surprising. Yeah, really? true. Solid. I mean, he was being outshone by Gasly until Gasly's retirement, which is what caused the safety car. He had an NGUK issue, which is unrelated to what happened to the Red Bulls, which was actually, like, do you know what happened to them? I know one of them, um, Perez, his engine just died. Yeah, so basically what happened was they've got an issue with the fuel pump. And it's not the main fuel pump, but it's like a secondary fuel pump where... It takes it helps take out the last bit of fuel from the engine, okay. which explains why it happens right at the end of the race. And the thing is, it's you know you can blame Red Bull for this, but well, people are blaming some people are blaming Red Bull. You can't blame them because it's a standard part. It comes from an Italian company. It gets given to everyone. So, uh, interestingly, there were issues with this a few days ago. McLaren had to change one because they found like some sort of problem with it, and. So it might be a case of like, the company like needs to be changed, essentially. Uh, maybe, or they need to change the part, but either way, it sounds like... Well, I mean, obviously, they're going to have to try to deal with it. But, like, even if they replace the part, whatever, they could potentially still have the issue. It, it, might, be, it might be the case where um, that part maybe is run down a bit or is in 
a hotter pace of the engine than other engines, so maybe it, it faces a lot more wear. But that's that's one thing you have to think about is if the part is on a cooler side of the engine. I don't know where it is, but I'm saying, for instance, if it's on a cooler side of the engine, then it might not wear as much as if it's on a hotter side of the engine. That might be a reason for this. But one thing that they highlighted I find very funny is they were talking throughout the race about how a Red Bull poached a lot of Mercedes execs from like the engine part and all of this, and how like the last six cars are all like Mercedes and all of this. And then Red Bull retired three out of the <laughs> I just found it very yeah, ironic. Like, <laughs> like I'm not I'm not like a big Mercedes fan, but I find it ironic that you speak so much about it and then like yeah, three out of your four cars retire. No Mercedes car like It was retired. so funny, there was a lot of irony in it because um there was after uh getting P two in qualifying, Max um, was interviewed about uh very how how he felt about Mercedes being off the pace and he was like, Oh, I'm very disappointed, like with a massive smile on his face and he walks off. And then he basically finishes. And then Mercedes, the Twitter account, they commented. Yeah, yeah. Mercedes tweeted coincidentally almost exactly around the time that uh, the Red Bulls retired. I think they posted it before. I don't think they actually posted it after. It was incredible timing. Obviously, they knew exactly what they were doing. And that was great. On top of that as well, Christian Horner and the word karma were both separately trending, but both in the top three just after the race so like not hashtag Bahrain Grand Prix not like you know anything else like Christian Horner I'm pretty sure was number one trending on Twitter and then Karma was number three trending on Twitter in the UK at the time of the end of the race which I mean it was beautiful scenes to be honest I was having a great time I actually really enjoyed it do you feel bad for George Russell he waited so long to get in a Mercedes to win to get a chance to fight and now Mercedes are happy. Like Lewis was celebrate. Lewis was actually celebrating. Like he was buzzing to get P three. That is. Yeah, I, I mean, think that says everything you need to know about the pace of the car. Yeah, because clearly he wasn't lying about we're on pace with the well, okay, not on pace with the Alfa Romeos, but like, you know, there or thereabouts, and being you know losing a second a lap and not being in the chance to fight for their race victories because. At the start of the race, he was like right behind Carlos. He had DRS. His tires degraded, and then that was it. He dropped off. I think it's interesting. Like, you've got the top four; they're fairly close. Yeah. Obviously, during the race, Max and Charles were way closer to each other, and then I think Carlos was kind of he didn't keep up. But I'm not sure if it was the case the team told him not to push to preserve his tires, or maybe. He couldn't keep up the pace. That would be an interesting thing to see over the next few races. And then Perez was just far behind them. Like, like Carlos was kind of close. Perez was Perez got finessed by Lewis at the start, and he wasn't involved since. Yeah. He did overtake Lewis, but then he didn't really get that close to Carlos for a bit. No, yeah. And then Mercedes are kind of the case where they can't keep up with the top four. But they're still way, well ahead of whoever is behind them. So they've got yeah. like the Magnussen and Alfa Romeo after that. But I think that kind of shows you've got top four, the two Mercedes in the middle who are kind of going to stay there because they're not close enough to yeah. fight at the beginning or slow enough to fight behind them. And then I think you're going to have one or two cars that are safe. So Magnussen, Bottas. If they keep performing, I see them probably staying ahead of the midfield. And then everyone else kind of fighting for the rest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like those two that you're mentioning, like the Magnus and Bottas, will change every race. Yeah. But I, I see that happening. Yeah, we'll see.
I think also worth mentioning as well, Verstappen had another issue completely unrelated with the engine. Our power steering. Yeah, it was something to do with his steering. He said that it was felt heavy and then it was worse when he was driving uh, quickly. Yeah, every time he drove quickly, he, he got it was a problem with his power steering. Just another issue for Red Bull, to be honest, it wasn't looking but, good But that's him. the thing, these, these issues are a lot easier to fix, let's say, than like a, an issue with the philosophy of the car. True, very like, true. They can, they can easily fix something like the power steering. They can easily fix an issue with the engine, like, like a part like this. Obviously, it'd be, if they know like it's a cause because of the heating on this side or the car is wearing very quickly and all of that stuff, they can change it, say, every race or keep monitoring it, like actively monitoring it rather than passively. But they can get a lot easier on top of these issues. Yeah. Whereas with the Mercedes, for instance, it's more about the case of they just, they're so far off they can't do anything. Yeah, the uh, the no side pod trick really didn't work for them, but it's interesting because I I like I like the concept and it'd be interesting to see if they can actually get their issue actually isn't the no side pod thing is they're losing all their time going into the corner. Essentially, what's going what's happening is when they go into the corner, they get a lot of bouncing, and so they can't. The drivers have to go in a lot slower than they oh, normally can. So they right. lose a lot of time. McLaren has a fairly similar issue in terms of they lose a lot of grip, but uh, it's not the same thing. But, yeah. but essentially they lose a lot of time, both teams, in the corners because uh, McLaren, they don't have a lot of grip uh, in terms of the tires. But the interesting part of Mercedes is the bouncing. So if they can solve the bouncing into the corner, they will essentially, they will gain back that right. time, essentially. They still, I think they're losing some time on the straights. Yeah, I but, feel like I've... But that can be improved. But, like, if they solve the, the bouncing issue, there won't be, like, a second off per lap. But they can kind of, like, then they can kind of get close with strategy and stuff. Because you saw through that's with the thing. strategy, Max closed down, like, I think it was a six-second gap to nothing. He was... On something like that, yeah. I was so Charles's gearbox, yeah. six seconds, six seconds in one lap. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting as well. Like the the compounds they got for the race were a lot tougher than they got the C threes Pirelli. Yeah, but they, I think they should have gone for way softer than that. Uh, because it was softer than that, it was a three stop race, which I want to yeah, think about. But, as well. but three time, stops in a race. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to look at the fact that. Everyone was struggling for grip. Did you see people were coming out of the pit lane because the cover, like the blankets oh, are a lot yes. lower the temperature. People are coming out of the pit lane and like warming up their tires on the straight. Yeah, they were weaving because Lewis, I think, was he wasn't the first pit, as well. one of the first. And he, then he, he went it first. Yeah, he completely like straight off. Yeah, he was the first one. And then like, what's his name as well? Pit, uh... Aston Martin, Lance Stroll came out and was literally weaving to warm up his tyres. I've never seen that in a race before. But it's because there are compounds... I feel like it's happened before, but it's very not, rare. Not, not, very not rare. on the stage. They don't come out and like not start yet. weaving like that. No, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's because the blankets are a lot colder this year. Yeah, they've changed the temperature. So I think that the plan is to get rid of tire blankets completely. Yeah, at some point. that that would be like imagine like a car coming out and doing like this won't be surprising like in a few years, but pit stops are a lot slower as well. Red Bull were very yes, good though, two point four, two point five. I saw the, the leaderboard. I think McLaren was top, which is completely useless for mm. them. 
But yeah, Red Bull still have solid stocks, but the average stock is looking like how it was in like 2012 or something. Yeah, 2.9 or whatever. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be I think they'll bring it down, but I don't think we'll ever see like high 2 point, like 2.1, 2.2, whatever. I don't know. I mean, they, I struggle. they might eventually. Because to be fair, you've got to think about it. Before 2017, the tyres were light compared to what they are now. Yeah, they're like After 2017, heavy. they became huge and they still managed to do sub two second stops with them. Which is insane. Yeah, but these tires are way heavier than the ones from last. They are a bit more awkward because they're bigger now, I guess. But they're not just bigger; they're a lot heavier. I think what was yeah. it like? Uh, one one tire is like twenty three kilos or something. Yeah, but you can deal with the weight eventually with training and stuff. And yeah, no, but like if you're on your knee, as well. if you're on your knee and you're trying to lift like twenty three kilos and like slot it onto <laughs> a car and you're like, <laughs> like McLaren had the quickest one and the slowest one probably. Maybe I, I was can get yeah, McLaren Lando got like the slowest one where the car stayed there for like five seconds. They couldn't put on the back right tire. Oh, oh yeah, I think I remember this. Yeah, but Crofty, I think mentioned they had their C threes. I think they should have gone for a bit softer, a bit better grip. Well, I've got. What's a four stopper? Four stopper, interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to. Keep it's up. actually very surprising oh, the number of pit stops that actually, like. Very surprising. Because usually you get like two stops on this race. But I think one most people went for three. One stop still. I, two stop would be ideal, yeah. Like last year Lewis did one. But this year people did three. Yeah, three was too much. I was so surprised to see them coming in every time. Like it was. Yeah, it threw me off. I don't but like, I I like it, I think. Hmm? No, I like it. I like it too, but. Yeah, because like it's, it's a bit more interesting. Yeah, I also like. Well, what I found a bit weird is. Uh, Mercedes, they pitted Lewis for the mediums at the end. Lewis came came out. He was so he went from losing a second. He basically wasn't losing a second at that point. I th- I'm not sure if he was gaining time or if he was just like, I think he was gaining that time. Right. And then you think at that point they pit George because no one's behind him and no one's ahead of him, and they kept him for like five more laps or so. Why? Pit the guy. <laughs> Pit the guy, man. What the hell? Surprisingly, Ferrari didn't do anything wrong with their pit stops, which I was very Yeah, yeah. About. Who was it? Someone said, I think I, it might have been a tweet. Someone said, like, um, Red Bull constantly pitting was just trying to get Ferrari to do their classic Ferrari thing of completely bottling the strategy and then giving them the win anyway, which was quality, but somehow they didn't do it because before the season, I think a lot of people I spoke to, they, they trusted that Ferrari would get a good car, but they said, I don't trust the Ferrari management to be able to handle Carlos. I think Carlos they mentioned that during Leclerc. the clerk. Yeah, they said they wouldn't be able to uh, like, you know, handle the two drivers if they're quick. Or they might not have a good strategy. Or they might not be able to do certain things. Like, there, was a lot, there wasn't a lot of faith in the Ferrari team. I think historically speaking, by historically, I mean like the last 10 years, they've not been very good. Well, yeah, true. So it's it's understandable, but they're back now. Love to see it. Charles actually, if we get onto that, Matt he had Max in his back pocket, completely. I I enjoyed watching them together way more than I ever enjoyed him and Lewis going at it because with Charles you kind of trust that he's not going to back down. Like yeah, Lewis, Lewis will just back down and be like, "I will get him on strategy or this." Uh, but Charles will go like, "If we're gonna, if we're gonna, 
hit each other. We'll hit each other. Yeah, someone tweeted that. <laughs> I saw it. I he was like, really a, like Max that. knows he's not going to try his all of his like bullshit on Charles because if he does, he knows Charles will just kill them both as well. Like they're both just not having the antidote. But the thing is, I don't think Max was himself today, like or yesterday or whatever. Like in general, in all aspects, I don't think he was himself. There was the the radio stuff. Obviously, I'm not like. He was complaining a lot, but like. But he usually complains a lot. He usually complains a lot, and they do the same thing with Lewis. Like, if someone's winning, they love showing their radio of them complaining a lot, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's fair enough, I'm not going to read too much into that. His driving completely baited every time. Like, just goes steaming into turn one, then gets overtaken into turn four. See, that's every time. Then, no, wait, I've got to keep going with this. He didn't do his classic Max strategy of going down the inside of turn one and then just shoving him off the track. That was interesting to not see that this time. Maybe it's because of the new race directors. I don't know. But he wasn't doing that. Then, on top of that, he gave Leclerc the inside line into turn four once. Like, normally, Max will completely def- defend the inside line of his life and then force you to go around the outside and then shove you off the track. Even if he's not shoving you off the track now, he still didn't... Like, he let Leclerc down his inside at one point into turn four. Like, I don't know if he was giving up or something, but, like... Normally, you would never see him do that. Let's go one by one. What was the first one? <laughs> Radio stuff. Yes. We can't really see him. We're bypassing that, yeah. Yeah, the second one was him doing the Just same thing. Basically, I think, yeah. I think that was surprising because he was also... I don't think he was close enough to try and overtake at any other part of the like the truck. No, but he could have tried to set up the move into turn four. Like he True. was, he was coming from so far back. See that that like, was a surprising so thing. Back. He was going from so far back, and obviously, Charles would have a much better like going. He'd have DRS, and he's gonna overtake you, and he do it a few times. That was a bit surprising because I thought he'd defend a lot harder later on, but with the DRS after first time, you'd realize that, okay, he's gonna have. DRS, the DRS yeah. is quite strong here, I can't do it. That was surprising, but the third one, I think we'll connect, was, uh, what was it? The forcing off the track. Oh, yeah, so I think that's related to um, New Stewards. Right. I think also Charles, he knows that he can't really do that as much with Charles. What, will Charles because just leave his car there to get hit into or something? Yeah, that's the, you don't see it, like Charles was at one point, they were so close and Charles... Bro, Charles is moving. He's not moving out, man. And I like that. I like Lewis did that once last year that I really enjoyed. It was Brazil. He he had that mindset of. He was on it, like and Lewis said, you know, oh, this year, I, this year I'm gonna be way more aggressive with my driving. Oh, I saw the quote. Yeah. And and I think we need that. We need Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> we need some. To be fair, Charles, like you could cool. tell from the start, like instantly. He cuts straight across Max and takes the inside line because you know you don't leave Max. Like what Bottas did in Mexico, like you just you don't give him Ron space. Did in Saudi. When was what? In Saudi in the restart, he went to cover off. Uh, was oh it? yeah, he, he was gave all Max the yeah. oh bro, that was just embarrassing. You don't give him any space. Seven yeah, he goes times straight champion. <laughs> Eight times should be, but anyway. Seven times. He only yeah. has seven at home. Of course. So. What it it's is, okay, don't cry. the last point, don't cry. the last point, don't cry. the inside line. The inside line. I think that's surprising because I think he did that at the end. But essentially by the, they did it like three times back to back. And Max, by the last time Max had run out of like, you can tell after that his, his tires were gone. Like he couldn't keep up after that. So it was interesting, like he was on the newer tires. 
but at the same time he just the way he was attacking he was just like ruining his tires he ruined his yeah. tires way yeah bro way that lock up as well like this is what i mean he was in his back pocket like he went down got baited into the inside line and then just locks up into turn one like just have some patience man like what are you doing but see that's the thing like he's back to old max you know no yeah, there it is. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was just after the first set of pit stops, wasn't it? So he was on a new set of softs and Charles was on a used set of softs. Mm-hmm. And he still couldn't overtake. But it, it might be the case of, like, Charles had the benefit still of Ferrari having a much quicker car. They're definitely faster on race pace. Like, uh, interestingly, when I watched the uh, F1 posted side-by-side of their qualifying laps, Verstappen had it completely. For the entire lap, he was faster. To be, he was a bit slower in the middle sector, to be fair. But, like, he had pole up until the last corner. And then that tenth gap that you saw that Charles got pole by, that was all in the last corner. So, realistically, he should have had pole. But I do think, like, the Ferrari... He would have has overtaken faster, him. He has yeah, the yeah. faster car. But they would have screwed up strategy because, you know, Ferrari. But it is interesting how powerful the undercar was. Yeah, definitely. Because this could spell, like, obviously for a track, like, other tracks would be very interesting to see, like, high-speed ones. What we can see, obviously, tracks high degradation as well. You get multiple kind of pit stops. It'd be very interesting to kind of see what's going to happen. I'm very interested for Saudi. I'm very interested to see these cars in Saudi. Because that yeah. track is beautiful, man. <laughs> I know, I criticised it, and I still criticise the safety aspect, but the track is... Beautiful. Obsession with it. It's so. But that's the. I think the way they. If they change the way they film it, I think everyone would love it. If they know. What do you mean the way they film it? You know how like instead of just seeing onboards, you know how like they can try and just the camera goes with the cars like that as it goes. Oh, oh yeah. If they do that because there's so many kind of like, if a camera goes with the car as it goes through the, you know that long twisty section. And the camera's just going wee all the way down. Ah, that would look so nice. Ah, that would would actually be amazing, you know. Uh, I'm trying to imagine it now, to be fair. It would be... Be very nice. Yeah, no, it would be good. Because it's a very, very very quick part of the track. It's very interesting because I actually think they can go probably a bit quicker down that side. With the ground effect and stuff. Because they're going very quickly down that sector. Yeah. So they can probably gain a bit of time down there. We weren't very far off last year's pace. I think in terms of qualifying or like a second route, well, would they? Oh, I guess to be fair, it would be less drag, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like over the top. So if they're doing ah, yeah, no, it's a good point actually. Yeah. Well, speaking of cameras and stuff, though, what do you think of the new graphics? Interesting. No, no, like the camera and the helmet is interesting. I think it makes you oh, appreciate. I, love that. I think it makes people like who say, ah, I can drive a Formula One car think about it again and be like mm, you can't drive no. uh, but the graphics are a bit I actually prefer the older ones a lot. Really? these ones these ones are interesting but I feel like it's a bit boring I like it but there's like um, I don't know it's like there are certain things that could change like the colour scheme is it's okay they could it's be resized in some places it's like it's a bit uh, we'll that's, get used that's to that's what I'm saying you get used <laughs> to it but it's not that great yeah, I mean, it's like the logo, to be fair. I remember when the logo changed. Everyone hated the logo change. Everyone still hates the logo. <laughs> yes. 
See, they have the colors, the Mercedes colors, they support Mercedes. Pirelli have the Mercedes color colors on their like um, cover picture on Twitter. So they're Mercedes fans. They should give them the better tires. You know? <laughs> I think only Ferrari are allowed uh, those kind of advantages. Not anymore. But the stewards were good. We never we didn't comment on the stewards. Surprisingly, during qualifying, did they even have to do anything? They didn't apply as much. Um, like Checo Perez during his qualifying lap in Q1 went out of the track. I saw that picture. But yeah. they did not do anything about it. But during the race, they were fairly, fairly kind of like, like the Ocon thing, Ocon Schumacher. They went on that quickly. There wasn't really a lot to do, but Lewis also got warned about track limits. Um, I think they can learn from like the Q1 incident. I think definitely Checo's term had to be cancelled. Uh, I think someone else also was outside the track. Um, I got PTSD from the safety car. So I'm so see, glad is, that they clarified is, the rules on uh, any not all because I was really wondering what kind of uh, lapped cars would be allowed to overtake. But luckily, they changed the rules, so now we all know yeah, that I all know. of them had to go past. I know you're happy now because the rules are clear. Yeah, yeah no, but that's great. But see, this is the interesting thing. You saw how long it took for the car to actually clear the safety car. Yeah, uh, the safety car to come in. And you saw how long it took for the cars to overtake and all of that. It took like, what, 10 laps? It over? took ages, yeah. And the car was right by an exit road as well. Like there was yeah. an opening by the exactly. barrier right next to it. So you talk about like what happened in Abu Dhabi. I think it just highlights, they said it was human error, but I think they, yeah, they still I, tried <laughs> to protect Michael Massey. Definitely, yeah. They wouldn't fully admit it, but they said human error was involved and then human error champion was trending on Twitter, which was great. Yeah, I think it was, it was way worse than they made it out Definitely, yeah, they were definitely like, ideally in their heads, they would have just moved on, which is why that they've made the report come out alongside the race, because they just hoped that it would get smothered with all the other news stories that come out after the race, which kind of worked to be fair, but I don't know, it's just, a, know, it's just so dodgy. Verstappen's like, we don't need to see the <laughs> No, we need to see, I think what, that's, I don't actually believe that, I think we need to see that, because as fans, we need to know... Were they, like, what are they going to do to prevent this from ever happening again? To be fair, all they've yeah. done has prevented it from ever happening again. But they're just too afraid to admit that it was wrong in the exactly. first place. Yeah. I think what they've done, though, with the VAR kind of system, that's interesting. Having, like, people review the decisions, that would be fairly interesting to see how it works. It's, it's all interesting and it's all great theories, but it's all hiding the fact that at the end of the day, the FIA to say are afraid of their own mistake and they wouldn't admit that. It's and even if it was Massey's mistake or whoever's mistake it was, the stewards after the race looked into it, all three of them, five of them, however many there were, and they said, no, we don't see anything wrong. Nothing happened wrong here. Leave it. It was more the case like, of they, they, they didn't want to overturn the That's what I mean. If it was embarrassment and pride, they wouldn't do it. If it was any other race, I think the Lewis would have won. Completely, yeah. But I think based on just that race, he wasn't going to win. Which um, is why they're trying to hide it so much. Like. Exactly. But I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see as well, like, they're going so far to not protect Massey, but protect themselves. Because yeah, the, yeah. Way, the way in which it happened, like, we're talking about St- uh, Stefano uh, Domenicali, yeah. and him saying, like, oh, we wanted to go to the last lap of the last race, and we wanted to be competitive and stuff. And there is, I think that's why they're going so far to protect it because there is that sense of, was it all orchestrated? 
No, not in the sense that they made Latifi crash, yeah. but they, they used that incident to choose who won the championship because they they needed it to go to down to the last lap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they love That's why I actually really dislike the last few episodes of Drive to Survive because you're like, it builds up to a point where you're like, if Max had, if a safety car had happened, the cars overlapped and Max won on pace, no one would have said anything. In fact, I'd say like, yeah. great end to a great season. But you the way in which they did it was just like, that's why I was saying red flag the session. If they'd red flagged it, restart it again, you get some sort of, I don't know. I don't think it should be red flag. Okay, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. But I'm saying if, for but, instance, they'd yeah. done that for the racing, fair enough. They can say, like, we want to keep everyone safe and stuff, so we'll red flag the session. The, just for context, there are more red flags in the last season than, like, all seasons before they combined. love the red flag, yeah. But... but it would have been like, if you're doing it for the show, that would have been way better than to do what they did. True. And interestingly, actually, I saw an interview with um, Stefano Domenicali and Martin Brundle just before the report was meant to come out. And he asked, like, do we need to regain the France trust after what happened in Abu Dhabi? Like, how important would this FIA report be? And he said, I just had a meeting with loads of the promoters and stuff, and they said, we're selling out tickets everywhere. Clearly, we still have the trust of the fans. Which is such a stupid answer. And honestly, the entire interview was horrendous PR. Like, he was just constantly avoiding questions, saying, like, boring standard stuff. So, it was it was awful on his part. Like, Martin Brundle asked some good questions, but he just spent the entire time avoiding it and saying, like, dumb answers. I don't think he's actually... I don't think the fans have forgiven what has happened. I think it's no. more along the the lines of... There are way more, like, a lot of new fans coming in. Yeah, exactly. And they don't care maybe as much about it. So, like, I think for us, people who have watched F1 for a long time, most of the community has watched F1 for a long time. I think most of the community is upset. But there is way more attraction for F1 in kind of mainstream culture now or mainstream media or whatever. Yeah, the, so, the casual fans are always the loudest ones. Exactly. They're, they're coming in way more. Like, I know a lot of people who have never watched F1 were calling me and like, oh, let's chat about the race. Are you watching it this week and all of that? And like, they're going to races and stuff. But they've never watched F1 that much. So they're the people who are actually going to the races, not the kind of, you know, the big F1 fans. I think they're yeah. still kind of, they were the ones who were waiting for the report because they were like, you know, we need to know what's going to happen. Yeah. We need faith restored in everything. So we're going to talk about fantasy, yeah? Fantasy, <sighs> well, so... Yes, we're now... That basically sums up Bahrain, to be honest. There's, like, not much more to say about it. No, no, you need to talk so about this. We will, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, So now we're going to get into the next race, seeing as it's next week. We'll do a little uh, pre-Saudi Arabia segment. No, no, you don't need a screen. You don't need a screen. No, should I not put it over there? Okay, I'll find all these. What we have... Is first we're going to review the fantasy league. So if you don't know, we have a fantasy league. I'll leave the code in the description of the YouTube video, and the uh, what's it called? What am I thinking of? The audio stuff as well. Uh, well, yeah. So do you want to just explain what you did with your team and how you ended up top of the leaderboards by a big margin, man? What's the difference oh, between... Oh, yeah, that's huge. Okay, between I got first 283. and second... Oh, my. I got 283, yeah. and Muhammad got 173. 
110 points. Someone actually used their Mega Driver and they're still fourth. That's unfortunate. Ooh. Yeah, so the the second the one in second place is 225, I'm 283. My team, it was very simple. Ferrari had amazing pace. And it was obvious they were going to get pole and P2 or P3. So I just went with Charles, uh, Sainz. Charles looked a bit quicker this week than Sainz, to be honest. So I just went with Charles as my double points. And then Magnussen and Bottas, because they actually look rapid. And then George and Ferrari. And I don't know why everyone else didn't do this. It's so obvious. He chose McLaren. Like, why? why? McLaren looks so slow. Bro, remember last year, yeah, they were basically getting the same amount of points. In, in fantasy, <gasps> McLaren and Ferrari were getting basically the same. I, it's not, I'm not saying that I thought Ferrari and McLaren would be on pace together again this year. But I was like, I'll take the hit on points to just get some other drivers. Yeah, who, really, who did he put, who did listen, he put in your team? If, re, if was... what happened to Red Bull happened to yours, that's not my team for this one, hold on. Okay. If what happened to Red Bull happened to you, then you would be on, like, five points right now. Yes, but so, still, like, Magnussen exactly. and Bottas would have done better. So, sorry. Okay, well, I had Gassi. That would have been great. Hamilton did all right for me. He actually got more points than Science, to be fair, just about. Uh, Leclerc, yeah, but he's oh, so more... Like, like, he's the reason you had to choose McLaren over Ferrari, because he's so <sighs> expensive. Yeah, that's a good point. So you go for, a, like, a much better-priced driver, who's... Probably uh-huh. going to bring you more points. But see, that's well. the interesting thing. Ferrari actually had reliability. Like, they look like they have their reliability on point. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on. Like, it's obviously 23-race season. It's the longest season we've ever had. And so it's kind of a season of attrition as well. It's not just a, a performance kind of thing. You're going to have off weekends. You're going to have yeah. reliability issues, all of that stuff. So it'll be interesting across the season to see kind of Whose car fails, essentially. Because it will play, yeah. like, Max being 25, 26 points behind Leclerc after Already, the first... Yeah, true. He's on zero points. That is massive. Because imagine if they just keep getting P1, P2, all of that the rest of the season, just between them. Those 26 points will... He even, he said to himself, these 26 points are going to play a big part in the end of the season. Yeah, because it's one thing to finish second... Like, it's one thing winning a race, and you'll get 26 points if you... Like, he could get this 26 points if he wins against fastest lap. But if his main title competitor, Max Verstappen, finishes second, they don't mean as much. But if Max retires, and he gets first, then that's a huge... Yeah, it's a big game. Well, I want to look at our predictions that we made last episode. (laughs) Because I'm sure they were, like... We hadn't seen... At that point, we hadn't seen practice, we hadn't seen anything. We made our predictions, like, a week before the race... So we didn't really know anything. Ooh. And our predictions are <coughs> very, very funny. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. I was off. Oh, I should have backed science. I tell you, every time I don't back science, he does well. Okay. Yours, top three qualifying. I got none right. Russell, Hamilton, Verstappen. That's... I got literally all my... I got oh. Russell, Hamilton, Verstappen, Russell, Hamilton, Verstappen. Driver Russell day, as not. driver. Day. Okay. I got so zero. Us, so... And the five DNFs as well. So. Oh. oh, yeah. So we, uh, I thought just a couple of days after we filmed, we should add the number of DNFs. I was thinking number number of DNFs or number of safety cars to put. We yes. went with DNFs. So uh, we've added that in. Uh, I messaged Yusuf and we got our predictions in like on Tuesday or something. So it was well before the race. So we're going to start doing that as a thing now as well. You said Charles would win. I'm impressed. 
So I said Charles. I said Lewis would come second, which was close. Obviously, I thought it would be on pace or something, but clearly not. Uh, and then George third, which is wrong. Charles Leclerc was driver of the day. DNFs, I was one off, which is mad close, but it doesn't count for anything. I don't know how we're doing points for this. Yeah, just one nil, basically. I still have a season. What you say? I'm one nil. All right, yeah. cool. So I'm just going to put... I'll just put M here on this side. Actually, no way, no. If I just put... I'll put M1 wiser and I can yeah, tell but, you. But you have to put dot one because I have a season over you. I won last season. Uh, shut up with that. doesn't count. I destroyed you last season. I don't have to write it down because I know you, you didn't even remind win me once, every man. time. You didn't win once. I destroyed him. I destroyed Honestly, him. do you want to say about your fantasy team? Because I didn't actually, like, when you told me, I was actually, I still can't believe it now. What, what? About the combination being, like, oh. you know what it is and stuff. It was obvious. I I I I kept up to date with practice. I've n I never watched practice, and I didn't watch it. But I still looked at the timings and like the number of laps and who's using what tires and all of that. See, yeah, no, is, but I mean, this is the combination never... of drivers you picked and the points yeah. and stuff. This is why I mean the best combination. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh said yeah. That in the... So so basically, if I'd put my what's it called my uh, mega, mega driver yeah. on Charles, I would have been equal with. I would have been one of the top of the world, essentially, like, number like, equal to number one. Basically, like, not only did he pick a very good team, he picked the best combination for Bahrain. He got, like, maximum points this week that he could have possibly got without using his mega driver. <laughs> Which is so stupid, like, <laughs> classic uh, Yusuf. Anyway. Why isn't... See, this is why I never played these fantasy games, because I get way too into this uh, stuff. <laughs> And and then I just end up spending all my time doing this. Okay, well, now we have a lot, but like our idea for next week. Yeah, now there's how actually much a baseline. idea of what's gonna gonna happen next week. I still think it will be the track. Obviously, isn't exactly the same, so it might be might be a bit different, but it will be interesting to see. I I'm gonna go with uh, Charles for Verstappen and Sainz. Oh, you're going the exact same. Uh, yeah, but I think Verstappen. Oh, as long as oh yeah, yeah right. No, uh, actually, I think Max Max P Max P one Max will. Oh. Okay, interesting. Because they have way better pace in terms of. Uh, um, uh, and then I think Charles will win Max P two and <sighs> Science P three. That is. You know, on the way here, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Obviously, whoever wins gets driver of the day, so Charles. And, like, five DNS. Five DNS. Pretty similar okay. to what I did last time. Yeah, sounds... I pretty much... Ah, uh, okay. You have to go with Lewis is going to win. Interesting. <laughs> no, 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 Gasly is going to win. Uh, you know, it could be a chaotic yeah, a race. You could win. I will go with Max Verstappen as... Uh, okay, this is qualifying. I do think Max will get pole, but then you went with Max getting pole, and I don't want to go with this. Uh, no, exactly. I'm going to back yeah, him. You should go with Sainz getting pole. No, no, do you Lando, know what? Lando. No. I'm saying Sainz getting pole, and I feel like he could actually do it. So I'm going Carlos Sainz second. Okay. And I go with. Oh, look. No, I'll George go Charles Leclerc. I'll I'll go with Charles. And top three for the race. And then for the race, I will say. Is Carlos going to get his first win? No. I'm going to go with... I want to go with the same three, but I don't want... Just go with the I'm going to go with Max Verstappen, uh, Charles Leclerc on second, and then Carlos Sainz third. 
with driver of the day being um, uh, everyone's like man boring you know i want to go like nah go with gasly i'll go with max he has too many fans for them not to give him driver of the day if he wins and dnfs i'm gonna go with three seriously saudi i think it's actually i was thinking of going higher higher yeah no i don't think it'll be too chaotic oh actually no no i'm gonna stick it i'm gonna say everyone's gonna play safe all right do you want to do the outro we'll call it there thank you guys for listening (laughs) (laughs) and we'll see you next week